0: Hi there and welcome, thank you for joining our podcast from Rak Ministries Kabecha. Our prayer as a ministry is that this podcast would touch you in a way that will change your life for the better. If you want to get in touch with us or get to know us a little better, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy and be blessed. say amen. So thank you so, so very much. Of course, I'm with my wife, and uh, of course, uh, as the pastor Jay has already that. but uh, uh, it's first service. I just want to get straight to the word, if you don't mind. Can we do that? I just want to get straight to the word, and I want to give you as much as I can to get you out of the rut in your life, out of familiarity, out of the status quo, Out of what you are used to, out of what the world may have eased you into, to get you to where God really wants you to be, and all I would love for you is to be daring and be willing to come there with me. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I want to challenge you. I I want to challenge your faith, and uh, the subject matter I want to minister on this morning is living a scripted life of faith, where deep. Calls too deep in everything. But living a scripted life. Scripted life. Like you have to follow a script on everything like actors would. Where if they did not, the director would say, cut. Let's start over. Because you're not, you're not allowed to improvise here. You've got to follow the script. I wonder what would happen if we were to live our lives like that and buy in into that. And let that be our conviction that I'm not here to live according to me. But there's a script that I need to follow. That in every matter that I'm challenged in, I'm like what Solomon said when he said, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer. And I just don't answer because I've heard others answer that way in that manner. But I challenge myself to follow the script and I study how to answer. And then he says a man or a woman has joy by the answer of his mouth. And the word spoken in season how good it is when you live a scripted life when you don't just answer because you've always answered that way when you don't just answer because you've seen others answer the issue that way but you challenge yourself to find out what does god wants of you in that matter even though for years you have been the same you have kept the status quo on that you have been average on that. You've thought you, you, you knew or you know yourself where that is concerned. But can you allow God to challenge you and bring you somewhere where we are breaking new grounds on that, whatever that is. But you let God break new grounds in that. And I believe something will happen when we begin to do that. I believe we'll start experiencing the earth differently. We'll start living on the earth differently we will start impressing ourselves on the earth differently. And we'll start seeing new frontiers of grace where things used to be hard. God would push the borderlines of our expectation. And life would basically be what God wants of it to be. There's something that humbles me when I read scripture and I read about Jesus when he walked the earth. It's words like that that makes me ask myself, but who am I? How am I supposed to be living my life? I just want to read uh, uh, just a few ways here before we can get into this and uh, and run with it. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. But in John chapter 5, there are certain ways that Jesus speaks here that I just want to read. And uh, just follow there in verse number 19 of John chapter 5. Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. Look at that. The son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. It's kind of like Jesus is saying you can live a marvelous life yourself where people can look at you and marvel. If you can change and adapt to this kind of lifestyle, where how you live your life has to do with what God showed you. As opposed to what man showed you, but what God showed you. And you start aligning your life with what God showed you, what God said about it. I'm, I'm just curious. I wonder what can happen. What would happen if you started living your life based on what God shows you? Somebody shout amen. Look at your neighbor Says, what did the Lord show you? And in, and, and in chapter 12 as well, uh, just want to start off over here. But in chapter 12, in verse number 49, it says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. I love the fact he says, I'm not speaking on my own on any matter. So in essence, he's saying, I only say what I hear the Father say. And I only do what I see the Father do. I don't answer on any subject on my own. What would happen if we would take that stance about life where I'm like, I'm not going to answer on my own concerning this area of my life. I'm not going to answer on my own concerning my marriage. I'm not going to answer on my own concerning raising these children. I'm not going to answer on my own concerning my finances. I'm not going to answer on my own when it comes to my health, challenged with whatever. I'm not going to answer on my own concerning my going out and my coming in. I'm not going to answer on my own. insofar so for whatever concerned me, but what I hear the father say and what I see the father do. What would happen if we start having that attitude about say, I only, and it humbles me when the, the, the fact that Jesus says, I only, not I sometimes say what I hear the Father say. Not I 90% say what the Father say. But I only say, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. If I don't see it here, I don't do it. What would happen if we would live a scripted life where deep calls to deep on everything? I only say what the Father say. I'm not going to say nothing else. I only say what the Father say. I'm in my life. I believe, number one, what would happen there is that God would get the opportunity to perfect all that concerns us. You see that? God would get that opportunity. That is always wanted. God has always wanted to perfect all that concerns you, to fulfill his purpose where your life is concerned, to accomplish his will where your life is concerned. He's always wanted that. He is always looking for that opportunity to perfect that which concerns you. But he's only going to get that when you take the stance to say, you know what, where my life's concerned, I'm only going to say, that's why Solomon says, the heart of the righteous, that is how to answer. I'm not just going to say what I've always said, but I only say what the Father say. That is humbling. You don't have nothing to say of your own, Jesus. Such a powerful man. You don't have nothing of your own to say. you have something of your own? What's your own opinion about this? No, I only say (laughs) what I hear the father say. I only do what I see the father do. And he was successful on every matter because he didn't come here to live his life based on what he found everybody else doing. He came to show us the way. And secondly, what would that do for us? When we begin to take this stance in life, it would then mean from that point onwards when you make that decision, it would mean now you have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you. And the life you live in the flesh, in the body, listen, you now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And when that happens, it equals a grace life. Because immediately he said when he says that, he says, I have not made the grace of God to be in vain. See, when faith shows up, grace shows up. Whenever we live by faith, grace will show up. Scripture says it is of faith that it might be by grace. It is of faith. So if you start living by faith in your finances, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have grace for finance. Because it is of faith that it might be by grace. So grace follows faith. You start living by faith, applying scriptures, applying faith where your healing is concerned, you're going to have grace where that area of your life is concerned. Wherever you apply faith, you're going to have grace in that. Area. You apply faith in your marriage, you're going to have grace in, your, in that marriage. You apply faith in raising kids, you're going to have grace in raising those children. You apply faith in your going out, coming in, you're going to have grace going out, coming in. Whatever you apply faith in, you're going to have the grace in. It is of faith that it might be by grace. So what would happen when you make a stance to say, I only say what I hear the Father say, the word says, then it means you in your life, you are going to be crucified. It's no longer you who live. You've resigned living your life your own way. It's no longer you who lives. But Christ lives in you. So the life you now live in the body, you are living by the faith of the Son of God. Now, when you start living your life by the faith of the Son of God, then there ain't nothing you're going to fail in because he never failed in that faith. So if he transfers his faith to you, that means his anointing has been transferred to you. His grace has been transferred to you even though he left the earth, but his anointing didn't leave the earth. And he's giving you the baton. run like I ran, win like I won, succeed like I succeeded. Hallelujah. So when we live our life, let me read this scripture here. I, I just want to say a few things here. But in Psalms 139, It says, in verse number 15, David speaks of himself. He's saying, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And listen to this. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. The days of my life, when as yet there were none of them. The days fashioned for me, he says they are written in the book. So the days of my life should not be as the days that I found everybody. Living in the earth. My days should be according to what is written in his book. Because that's what he says. And in your book, they were all written. So, my frame was not hidden from you. When he talks about frame, my frame, he's talking about his thoughts for me. My frame. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's your frame. You are what you think. So my frame was not hidden from you. And he says, I know the thoughts I have for you. That's your frame. Thoughts to prosper you. To give you a future and a hope in your final outcome. Doesn't matter how things are. Let's Let's concentrate on the final outcome. Because the final outcome is based on the scriptures you are applying to yourself. While where you are, instead of answering according to what you've heard the world say but you're only gonna say what you've seen his what you've seen in his way about you you're only going to say what you've seen as the thoughts god has for you in the scripture and that be the only thing that you say so my frame was not hidden uh, from you when i was made in the when in the secret and skillfully wrought in the in the lowest parts of the earth before i formed you I knew you. Before you were released, before you were born into this earth, I had a plan and a purpose for your life. So there's a script to follow in that case. Because there he touched his mouth and he says, see, I have put my words in your mouth. (laughs) Because that's now the plan. And later he's going to ask him, what do you see? And he says, man, I see myself. According to the plan, because I see an almond tree, so I see a a, a branch of an almond tree, so I see myself as a branch and I see you as a vine. So God says, you've seen well, for I am ready to perform, not what I'm performing, I'm ready to perform my weight. That's why I want to know, what do you see? Are you seeing your frame according to how I framed you? And so that becomes very, very important for us to understand that we need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Then we're going to see a very beautiful thing, like Jeremiah said, I saw a beautiful thing, like David here in verse 14, he says, I will praise you for I am beautifully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Because I'm following what you say in the way. Why do you think in everything Jesus was stubborn to say
1: whenever
0: a challenge is placed on his, on his doorstep, he's always stubborn to say, it is written. And the devil comes back upon another matter, not the same as the, first, as the first one, and he says of the other, it is written again. And then the devil comes back on the third count, with another matter. And he says, it is sad. And he says, the devil left him for three months. Disappeared. And the angels came and saved him. Because angels only hearken to the way. Or to the voice of his way. And the angels saved him. Because he was committed to the script in every count. He only said what he heard the father say. He didn't try to improvise. He didn't try to do nothing. No, I only say. I hear what you say of me. Your opinion of me don't count. I only say what the father says. Listen, Jesus was convicted. So I was only going to say what he hears the father says. You know, when a man is convicted in a court of law as a murderer, It doesn't matter what your opinion about them is on that or in that part of their life. If they are convicted in a court of law as a murderer, your opinion don't count no more. If they are committed as a rapist, your opinion don't count no more. They are committed as a thief, a robber. your opinion about them don't count. Because they are convicted in a court of law. And so our opinions don't matter. We can say, I don't know him, but that conviction seals their fate. They are convicted. <laughs> you see, if, you, if, 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 if you're convicted in any, I mean, in, in, in any, any, whatever, felony, if they are convicted, they are convicted. So what would happen if you were convicted by the highest authority of all? The most high God the almighty God through the Holy Spirit, and you are convicted that you are what God says. In every count, every area of your life, regardless of what the circumstance says, it would mean the circumstances opinion doesn't count. Because now you are convicted. So it doesn't matter how things look. I only say... What I hear the father say about my finances, don't matter how broke I am, that does not count. The bank account is now a liar because I'm convicted by the highest authority of all. The court of heaven has declared me prosperous. So I'm only gonna say I am prosperous. I'm only gonna say in the middle of sickness, and this I am healed in the midst of pain, because I'm convicted. So that opinion of that disease does not count. Joblessness does not count. The world's world's word on joblessness does not count. I always will have a job because I'm convicted by the court of heaven that there exists a job for me regardless of what the world says. I'm convicted. Somebody say amen. Man, things starts happening there. Why? Because angels will start ministering to you. And the devil will start leaving you. Because he had the law. He's too much for me. Because they only say what they hear the Father say, what they see in the scripture. What would happen if we started living our lives that way? What would happen in everything we are looking to do in life? I believe what would happen there. It's that deep would start calling to deep. Deep would start calling to deep in our every area of life. And let me, in this last remaining minutes, in this last remaining minutes, just minister this to you try and bring you to where you can be confident no matter what's going on in your life that God is up to something. Because he's always up to something. And all he's looking for is for you to be able to hear his voice on that matter in your life regardless of what the status quo has been for how many years God knows doesn't matter. But if you can let the Holy Spirit convict you on a thing today, that thing's never going to be the same ever. You're going to be like your father Abraham. When scripture says he did not consider his own body already dead. And the deadness of Sarah's womb did not matter. As soon as God said, You will have this child in this very body. The child that will be born will come from this very body. But that very body is dead, and the deadness of Sarah's womb did not convince him the other way. As soon as God said it, he was like, I believe it, and that settles the matter. Forever I'm a father of many nations, I don't care who says what about me, but I'm a father, I don't consider, I no longer consider my circumstances, because God has spoken on that subject. That chapter is now closed. It's a new chapter according to what the Lord has said. I no longer consider how dead my body is, how dead the, 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 the Osara's womb is. So in our words, I've come into terms with God. I've I've come into agreement with God. And Job says, agree with God and be at peace. And thereby good will come to you. Agree with God and be at peace. And good things will come to you. (laughs) Agree with God, be at peace. And good things will come to you. So Abraham was like, I don't care what my body says. Good things will come to me. I don't care what the womb of Sarah says, but good things will come to us. I don't care what society says, but good things will come to us. I don't care what my salary says, good things will come to me. Good things will come. Once I start getting in agreement with God, good things will come to me regardless. Good things will come to me. I just need to get into agreement with God and good things will come to me. (laughs) Somebody say amen. Good things will come to me. Psalms 42. Psalms 42. What does it say? in Psalms 42 in verse 7. It says, deep calls unto deep. At the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. And verse 11 says, why are you cast down O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Hope in God. Deep will call to deep. That's the thing I want you to, to, to know. When it looks like Nothing is working in your life. Remember this. With God, deep always calls to deep. With God, deep always calls to deep. I'm repeating. With God, deep always calls to deep. So in other words, the deep things of God call to the deep things of man. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, No one knows the things of man, save the spirit of that man. And no one knows the things of God, save the spirit of God. So, when you're trying to deal with your things and you can't win, in your things, move over here to the things of God. And join in with God in His deep. And start doing with God what God is doing in his deep. And watch God come and do with you what you're trying to do in your deep. What could not happen in your deep? Once you start joining God in his deep, then God will come back with you now in your deep. And what could not happen in this deep? We listen to the deep that is happening in this side. The deep of God will call to the deep of man. When Peter was struggling in his deep, and he wasn't catching fish no matter how much he tried in his deep, the deep things of God called to the deep things of man. And God says, why don't you join me here in my deep? Because I'm fishing as well in my deep. I'm only fishing for eternal things in this deep. If you will join the eternal things in this deep, we'll then finish and come back with you in your deep. And what could not be done in this deep? We'll have to listen to this deep. And the deep calls to deep. And said, move a little from your land. Move a little. The land means move from the natural. The the land means move from your concerns. The land means move from your ability. Move a little from the land. And let us get a little in the deep. And says he started preaching the word, eternity started speaking. And he says, once he finished, he then came to Peter and he says, now cast the nets for a catch. What was happening? Deep was calling to deep because this man understood that if the deep this side is going to listen to me whenever I want, whatever I need, I need to find out what the script is saying as on the side of this deep. So that we can go back with the script. Did you know that when Jesus was preaching there in that boat, he was preaching a message of abundance? He was preaching the message of abundant life because he says, I came that they might have life and have it in abundance. Peter was listening while Jesus was preaching a message of abundance. And then once he finished, he says, come on, boy, let's practice it now and Peter was like, hey God when he said throw your nets for the cash, he says, hey sir, we have struggled all night and caught nothing but listen to this for the first time in his life nevertheless I'm gonna start living a scripted life (laughs) nevertheless I'm gonna throw the nets where I have been struggling throwing the nets and caught nothing, did it? He threw a rotten net. He threw a rotten net because he had washed all the good ones. Didn't want to waste the good ones because he had he, he hadn't yet established full confidence. But he threw a rotten net but the goodness of God is such that even if we give God our rotten things He amazes us with what he can do with our rotten things. He does exceedingly abundantly above what we could do with our good things. Took a rotten net and gave him a harvest he's never seen with the good ones. And he fell on his feet and says, but I'm a sinner. Why would you do this for me? That's what God wants to do. But deep calls to deep. I I just want to say that because I want to drop that in your spirit and say whenever it's like things are not working, remember these words. Deep always calls to deep with God. The deep things of God calls the deep things of man. God will challenge you, live a little. He says, why don't you move a little? Not too much. He says, just a little. A little from your own. You know, Jesus was watching Peter from a distance, washing nets. He came in his boat knowing exactly what he was going through. One thing you should know about God is that there's not a minute that passes by that he is not thinking about you. David said, What is man that you, you are so mindful of him? You're so obsessed. What is man that you visit him in that way? What is man that you care for him so much? And then he says, "The Lord has been mindful in Psalm 115. The Lord has been mindful of you, and He will bless you. See what is in His mind? He wants to bless you. He will bless you, and He, the Lord, will increase you more and more and more, more and more and more. He will increase you more and more. You and your children. The Lord will bless you." But then Isaiah utters God's concern. In Isaiah 49, when he says, uh, when God says in that Isaiah, he says, he says, but I've got a problem with my people. My people are saying I have forgotten them. My people are saying God has forgotten forgotten us. My people are saying God doesn't care about us. And then he says, can a woman forget their nursing child and not have compassion on the son of their womb? And he says, perhaps they can. But he says, but I will never forget you. You are in the mind of God no matter what's going on. I don't care what you're trying to do. Just like Peter. He was watching him from a distance. He chose his boat. He, was, he had compassion on him. He saw him from a distance. Peter didn't realize all of that. At times time he says, would you move a little? He was calling the deep of the things of man to the deep of the things of God. A deep of the things of, of man, to the deep of the things. Of, your breakthrough is coming when you let God call you into his own deep. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who has God put in your heart lately? Who has God put in your heart lately? You know, the problem we have is that we are full of Of ourselves. In our minds. We're always thinking about us. Even though God is thinking about us. We are also thinking about us. So we are interrupting God. In what he can do for us. Because we are busy thinking about us. But you see. Somebody's got to do it. Either you do it. Or you let God do it. Which is going to be. But he like, I'm thinking about you and I will bless you. But I want you to start thinking about somebody else. Let blessings go to somebody else. Because I will bless you. Who has God put in your heart lately? Who has God put in your heart lately? What greater cause has he impressed upon, upon you that has eternal value to? What kingdom assignment is he talking to you about right now in your life? You see, when you start living a scripted life, you're going to hear God calling you into some things that takes your mind away from you into somebody else. From you into a greater cause. From you into what concerns somebody than just what concerns you. And God will begin to do what he did to Peter to you in order to make sure where things were not working in your life, things suddenly start working. In these last four minutes, let me say this to you. Just to say, It amazes me when I see the people that God put in the heart of those that followed him. But he is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he says, don't be slothful in life either. Don't struggle because everybody's struggling. There's no need for that. But he says, be ye imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Inherit or rather, imitate faith and inherit promises. Somebody say amen. Amen. To Peter. He put the multitude in his his heart. Help me reach these multitudes. I'll help you reach your multitudes. But help me with these multitudes. I'll help you with yours. Deep was calling to deep. But to Job, he put his three friends in his heart. He says, I see you've lost everything in your life. Lost all ten of your children. You used to have a, a birthday every month. Because you have ten children, and it's your wife and a, and a, and a, and her husband. So there's a birthday every month in the family. But you are missing the birthdays because all your children are dead. But God was like, "Let me help you with that." Will you pray for your three friends who've not done well with you, who've betrayed you? who are gossiping about you lately, who are judging you. Will you put them in your heart? Can you let me put them in your heart? And then scripture says something else about that. In Job 42.10, then scripture says, God restored all Job's losses. And then it says, when he prayed for his friends, and he gave him double all that he had lost. But isn't it amazing? God restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friend. What would have happened had he not done that? Nothing of the sort would have taken. place. When he prayed, God restored. When? So deep call to deep. Where it was in working, God restored because somebody else had begun. What is, who, who, who has God put in your heart? Somebody say Amen. In Elijah's heart, God put Elijah. In Elijah's heart, God put Hazael. In Elijah's heart, God put Jehu. It was during the most difficult time of Elijah. He was running from Jezebel. He thought he was the only one left preaching the gospel. He had a pity party. He thought he was about to die. He was running for his life. And God said, Elijah, what are you doing here? was in the mountain. And he says, I'm, I'm jealous because your people have forsaken you. And I'm the only one left serving you. And when he was talking, all that negative feeling, feeling suicidal and all of that, you know what amazed me with, with God with him? God started talking to him about what he was doing. He says, go and anoint Jehu for me as the king of Israel. Go and anoint Isaiah as the king of Syria. And he says, go and anoint Elisha in your room. In other words, as your successor. Give him a succession plan. When he felt he was it was over with him. Whenever it looked like it's over in anything you are doing, try to find out who God's trying to put in your heart. So you can help those people and watch God help you. He had to listen to a still, small voice. Deep had to call to deep. He had to check out what God was doing and only do what he heard the the Father say. God put a home in the heart of Ruth. When Ruth was going through the hardest ordeals of her life, But God put Naomi in the heart of Ruth. Ruth had lost everything. Lost his his husband, her husband, and all. And God put Naomi in her heart. Save this girl. Look after her. And later on, Ruth meets Boaz. And he asks Boaz, why would you marry me when there are so many girls here that are more beautiful than me? Why would you? And then Boaz says, it was told to me what you did for your mother in law. When your sister left, you stayed. That's unheard of. So may the Lord reward you. Who has God put in your heart? Who has God put in your heart? In your toughest of times, God put somebody in your heart. You are keen on, you are keen on success, you're looking for success. But in Rebecca, God put Abraham's camels to water when she didn't even know those camels were looking for her. And she woke up in the morning and went to to, to get water for the family. And when she gets in there, she gets a message like she's never heard Would you let me drink? And then she of herself says, not only will I give you to drink, but I will also water you all of your camels until they are enough. Who has God put in your heart? Because when she was watering camels, she did not realize this was her own camels. God was checking her with someone's success to see if she will have her own success by letting success of somebody else rub off on air. And Jesus says, if you are not faithful with somebody else's goods, who will give you what is your hope? Who has God put in your heart? In this season, we are rebuilding. but How, God, how do you think God is going to rebuild you? He's going to be challenging you by putting somebody in your heart. Put the kingdom in your heart. He challenge you. With some things that you see. Even in your church. But if you will come on. With God on this side. Of the deep. It's because he's interested. In you on this side of your deep. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those who will stay, I wanna read some scriptures to get you to tap into what the Holy Spirit will challenge you. I wanna throw some scriptures to you and give the Holy Spirit a chance to work with you. I've since I've since learned with God that. The church is God's way on this earth for God to put issues of some follow with God with whatever he's telling you to do and amazingly certain things start happening in a whole lot of areas of your life and God starts meeting things and happening happenings that's taking place in all the issues of your life. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Let me believe with you. Whatever you are busy with God is thinking about you. God is, is thinking about You are in his mind. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for speaking to every single person in this house. Thank you for causing them to rise from the inside. Thank you for causing them to win. Thank you for causing them to hear your voice. The sheep hear your voice. And I bless them. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Give God a hand of praise. Amen.